You got to show me something, Marquise. What are you doing? What are you doing out there getting this girl pregnant like this? It's not, it's not too late. We just got to start now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for listening and watching episode 171. Wherever you came from, whatever platform you're using to get here, I'm grateful for you. Those of y'all that have listened listened to a whole bunch of episodes in the past, uh, thank you for hanging with it. If you're brand new, welcome. What we do is we answer your questions. Email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com could be about any subject, and I'll just walk through it like we're two friends sitting in the, in the cab of a truck and discussing anything in life, really. And it's all over the place. Um, I ask, don't send the same email twice and don't send one longer than about a phone length because that's what allows me to, um, to read it in a concise way and then, and then talk about, discuss it with y'all on this podcast. So let's jump into it first. Email here, subject line says, confused, need advice. Hey, Granger, my name is James. I'm 18. I dated a girl for nine months and we broke up. It wasn't anything bad that we broke up over. We just argued a lot and she texted me out of the blue the other day, though, and we kind of started talking. And I still have feelings for her, but I don't know if she feels the same or not for me or even how the process is going to go with this whole thing. Any advice would really help me. Love your music. Love your podcast. Thanks, Yee Yee. It comes from James, 18. Brother, um, this is the thing. A lot of these emails that I see, uh, you ask me a question, and I think to myself, that's the exact question you could ask to her. And then I wonder, what is lost these days? Or is this just always been this way, where we just feel nervous to ask the very thing that we need the answer from? And so we go to someone else. And I'm, I'm grateful that you email me, James, because what I want to tell you is flip this around on her. So you said, I still have feelings for her, but I don't know if she feels the same. So I would sit her down and say that. I don't, I don't have to put better words in your mouth. I could just say your words. You go, hey, I know that um, we've started texting recently, and I would love to talk about something with you. If you get a chance... Love to jump on the phone. Don't text. Uh, love to love to discuss something. You could hear my voice. I want you to hear my voice. Okay, but that's important anyway. Instead of texting something like this, so many times in situations of any kind of circumstance, let's let's learn when to get off the text and get on a phone call or in person, so that they can hear the inflection of our voice, so that they don't know that we're. We're not mad about this. You could hear in someone's voice that they're not mad. They're actually just very sympathetic about it. And it could come across as angry on a text. So this is something you're going to say, hey, I want, to, I want you to hear from, my, from me in person. Hear my voice. Or we can get together. And then say this. Say, I still have feelings for you, but I don't know if you feel the same. Do you? That's it. Like, think what that answer, think when she answers you, think what that will accomplish in your mind. Even if she says, I'm not sure, I don't know, 
that says something. Like that's an answer for you, right? If she says, no, I, I just want to be friends, that's a really solid answer that gives you a good game plan of, of where to go from there. And if she says yes, you say, me too. Let's go on a date. Thanks for the email, James. Jumping to another one here. The subject line says, major career decision and hearing God's voice. Hey, Granger. I've been looking for a little spiritual advice. My name is John. I'm 20 years old. I'm a college freshman up in Canada. I'm in the Canadian Air Force under a contract to be a pilot where the military is paying for my education and flight training. The catch is that since they're investing so much money into me, the contract length is nearly two decades. I won't be out until 2039. There's a one-year back-out period in the contract with no financial penalty. So if I'm going to leave, I need to leave this year. I feel called to be a pilot, but I've always been unsure about which pathway, civilian or military, I should take to get there. I'm now realizing that the civvy side can offer just as much adventure, much more freedom, and a better lifestyle without the strains that military life puts on you and your family. But on the other hand, the military program that I'm in is an amazing opportunity, and I'm worried that I would end up regretting it if I leave. I'm trying to just leave this in God's hands and let Him lead me to what He's calling me to do. But I'm having trouble hearing God's voice. My family, my girlfriend, and all of us are praying about it daily because the clock is ticking for me to decide. Just looking for any advice about how to make my my vision more clear and align my path with God's will. Sorry for the length of the question. Appreciate everything you do, John. John, thanks for the email, buddy. Thank you for your service and what you're doing right now. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast and trusting me with with a very important question for your life. Um, and I think it's a it's a solid question. I think it's a solid thing to be thinking about. So let me walk through it with you, kind of step by step, according to what I know that you've told me. In something like this, in order to, first of all, in order to align ourselves, our path with God's will, as these are your words, then I would say, what are you doing in your life that are fruits of the result of you in a total surrender walk with your creator. That's what I would ask. Like if we were friends and we were sitting down, I would say, tell, tell me, describe to me your life. Is Do you have, would you say you're someone that says, my faith is number one or God is number one in my life? I would say, okay, describe to me what that looks like practically. For instance, if you said, I am a, boxer and boxing is number one in my life. I would get it pretty quickly. I would be like, yeah, I see the, I see the bruises under the eyes. I would see the ears and the, the nose and I could see the chiseled arms and I could see the towel around your shoulders and the gym bag. And I could tell you just got out of the gym and you probably are there 18 hours a day. Yes, I get it. You look like a man that is putting boxing as number one. I get it. So if you are the guy that says, I put God number one, I would say, okay, let's, let's look at what you're doing. Not because that's what matters to get there, but that would be a result of you having an encounter with the living God 
and you're like, dude, I just asked you about being a pilot and you're going way off in this tangent. I did that, John, because you're, you're talking about leaving this in God's hands. And so when you say, I'm going to leave this in God's hands, that's a, that's a, a form of saying, I'm going to surrender this to him. And so first I would say, are you in his word all the time? Do, do you crave reading his word in the morning and you get a cup of coffee and you're like, before I start this mess of a day, I'm in this routine, this rat race that we are all, all of us do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time with my creator in the Bible, okay? I would ask you if that's something. Are, are you part of a, a body of a church that is keeping you accountable and you're, you're submitting to that accountability as well and, and you're talking with the body about these kind of decisions? I would ask that. I would say, what other kind of wise counsel around you are you discussing this decision with and then I would ask you, if you are truly submitting this to God, can you take a step off the ledge and say, okay, I'm doing this stuff. There's, there's fruits of me submitting. There's fruits in my life like peace, hope. I'm, I have less anxiety. These, are, these, are, these would be fruits of that true surrender. And then you go, all right. Obviously, here's the big deal, John. God is not going to speak to you through some megaphone in the clouds. You know that doesn't happen, right? Like you're not going to walk outside and it's going to go, John, take the military route. And you're going to go, oh, yeah, got it. Thanks, God. I'm off on the military route. You know that doesn't happen, right? So... When you take a step off that ledge and you go, I'm trusting you, God, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust this path. I'm going to walk this path. Hey, close the door if I'm not supposed to walk it. Open the door wider if I am. It really is that simple. Before you do that, you get wise counsel. I would, I would suggest wise counsel in your church, in your family, and don't forget to get wise counsel of people that have done both of these paths before you in one direction or the other. So you're going to talk to a pilot that's done this for 20 years on the civilian side. And you say, Mr. So-and-so, Mr. Civilian Pilot, do you ever have a regret that you didn't stick with the military? And he goes, ha, let me tell you a story about that. Okay, and then, then you find another guy that has done this for 20 years on the military side. And you go, Mr. Military Pilot, do you ever feel regret that maybe you restrained your life by staying stuck in this one vein and you didn't have the freedom on the civilian side? And you let him tell you the story. This is, this is not rocket science. But we, we want to make it rocket science when we just sit in our rooms and we go, what is God's will? I don't know what God's will. What are you trying to say, God? And we, we have brains that we can use our brains. Paul says we need to use our brains. We use our minds to discern God's will. Not our gut, not our heart, not our feelings. Our mind, by the transforming of our minds. So we go, okay, 
practically speaking, I'm going to talk to people on either side. And after you talk to Mr. Civilian Pilot Man and Mr. Military Pilot Man, and you get a good idea and it comes back to you and you go, I'm, I'm leaning towards the advice I got from the civilian guy. Because he told me he did not regret not doing the military, blah, 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 whatever. It doesn't matter. This is not my decision, John. This is you. But I'm just saying in that scenario, then you, you go, okay, done. I'm going to move forward with this decision. God, I'm surrendering this to you. Therefore, I will move forward to the civilian side, knowing that if I'm submitted to you and I'm in your word and I'm, and I'm in a, a good relationship with you, then you will have set up this previous conversation with the civilian pilot and, and given my heart the desire for that. Does that make sense? And so then you go, here we go, God, I'm moving towards the civilian side. And then you go to your recruiter or who, the, the, whatever guy you need to release you from this one-year program. And he goes, oh, that's interesting, John. Yeah, um, we just had another guy come in that's going to fill your spot. So this actually makes it really easy. And I could sign you off right now if you want. And we could just say goodbye. And you think to yourself, it's that easy? Wow, the door is getting wider to go this direction. I could give you a complete scenario of the opposite direction, but you get my point. We don't have to over-spiritualize. We don't have to look into the clouds or the butterflies or the red birds for some crazy sign. We can go, here's my relationship with God. I'm going to use my brain, transforming of my mind to discern God's will, and I'm going to move forward on this path after wise counsel. And you can make a very hard, difficult decision easy. Next question. Subdecline, college and marriage. Hey, Granger, my name is Grace, and I'm 18. I'm from Indiana. I'm currently in a relationship of over one year to the man I know I will marry. I've always talked about getting married young, but I keep pushing it off till I get out of college. I'll be going to college in November of 23 for an 18-month vet tech program. I recently got a dog, so I cannot live on campus. That being said, I'm trying to find... Other living spaces, such as renting or buying a camper, which are not cheap. My boyfriend and I have talked about just moving in together, but I do not want to until after marriage. I'm not sure what to do. Should I go ahead and get married or wait till college is over and try to find my own living space? Love your podcast. Love how you speak God's truth. Thanks. Grace, thank you for emailing. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of treat this like you or would be my daughter, like I would be talking to London because she is about six years younger than you. And quite honestly, the first thing, like the first thing that stuck out when I read this email is I thought, well, get rid of the dog. And that solves so many problems. Like, right? Am I right? And you're like, no, I love this dog. But really? Like we're talking about a dog. The dog is what's in between this entire, if you think about this entire problem of a situation, this big dilemma, there's a just a dog that you just got in the middle of it. And could your mom keep the dog or your sister or a friend? Because it sounds like you recently got a dog so you can't live on campus. That's ca- That's the cause of the effect of now... You can't live anywhere that's cheap and you can't buy a camper and you don't want to move in with your boyfriend. No, 
you're not going to move in with your boyfriend. Any other podcast will tell you move in with your boyfriend, but not this one. You know that from me. So could is that an option? Like that's what I'm saying right now. Could we get rid of the dog? That solves a lot of this. Other than that, let's let's go to the bigger question. You're asking me, should I just go ahead and get married? Well, if I'm talking to my daughter, then it makes it more difficult because I'm saying this. I'm saying, on one hand, you're saying, I have been dating this guy for one year, and I know he's the man I will marry. Okay, fabulous. And I'm hearing that and going, but you're just 18. And you certainly could know. And you certainly are probably way more mature than I was at 18. But you're still 18. And this guy is about the same age, I'm guessing. And we're still kids at some level at that age. So I'm hesitant to be like, yeah, marry him, you know, get this done. When all the problem really is, is you got a dog. And maybe you should just get rid of the dog and do this 18-month vet tech program. And then maybe you'll be, what, almost 22, one, and you could know that, yes, I'm definitely going to get married to this guy. Just thinking out loud. There's no, I'm not saying definitively, I'm saying one thing definitively, you're not going to move in with this guy. That's the bad move. That's not the move to move in with this guy just to save money. That's a bad move. That, that is definitive. But the, the, then the gray area is, should you get married now based on the, you met him when you're 17 and you think he's the man you're going to marry? Or should you, I don't know get a camper. <laughs> I don't know. There feels, I, we need to sit down more with this one. Um, you're not going to move in with them. This is, this is what I would say. You're my daughter. I would say, you're not going to move in with them. I'm going to keep the dog. I'm your dad. Give me the dog. I'll keep the dog for a little bit. I know, I know, honey, I know you love the dog, but you need to be on campus with the other students where you could walk close to your class. This is going to go by 18 months are going to fly by. You're going to be right here on campus. That's where the food is. And that's where your classes are. And the bookstore is, you're going to finish this and I'm going to give you the dog back. And then at that point, you're also, Hey, bonus, you're going to know if this is the guy you're going to marry or not. That's my answer. We'll take a break. Be right back. Podcast is brought to y'all today by Cozy Earth. Amber and I got sent some of the sheets from Cozy Earth, and they are so comfortable. They're made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. And I don't know exactly what that means, but it's really, really soft. It's probably one of the reasons it's featured on Oprah's favorite things. Now, the cool thing is all these products come with a 10-year warranty. Even though you could just tell, these are the type of things that are just going to last for a really long time. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating. It's also available in viscose from bamboo and in linen. And Amber could attest that the Cozy Earth loungewear is really, really comfortable. 
but it also has a sense of uh, elegance about it too. I, I really like these Cozy Earth products. I think you will too. Find out for yourself and see what I'm talking about at CozyEarth.com. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today, 35% off site-wide when you use the code Granger. So go to CozyEarth.com, site-wide, 35% off for my Granger Smith podcast listeners when you use the code Granger. That's Cozy Earth. Check it out, y'all. Back to the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Next email right into it. Subject line says, trust in God. Hey, Granger. I was dating this girl back in August to September. I love how these emails now, they just get right to it. (laughs) I was dating this girl back in August to September. Uh, I've had a history for about four years before we started dating. I don't know what that means exactly. She broke up with me, and a week later, she tells me she's pregnant. Fast forward, she removes me from all social media and blocks my number. Then she adds me on Snapchat before Thanksgiving, and we start talking again. We find out we are having a girl. But about a month later, she asked if I was talking to other girls and proceeded to block me again when I denied it. Needless to say, with everything that I am... That with everything, I'm having a hard time trusting God and what to do. Um, thanks, Marquise. Marquise, let me recap. Let me recap uh, just to get my myself set on what's happening. You were dating this girl back in August to September. I'm trying to figure out this history. I have had a history for about four years before we started dating. I don't know what that means. I'm going to skip that part because I don't know what it means. But I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it this way. Um, she, you guys broke up, right? And a week later, she tells you she's pregnant. Then, fast forward, she removes you from all socials and blocks your number after she tells you she's pregnant. Then time goes by. I'm, I'm guessing she adds you on Snapchat, and you start talking again. You find out during that time you're talking that you're having a baby girl. Then a month later, I, I should write down like a timeline so I can keep up with this. Might be easier. Then a month later, she asks you if you're talking to other girls. I'm not sure what you said, but then she blocks you again. Uh, oh, when you denied it, there it is. You denied it. She blocks you again. Needless to say, with everything, you are having a hard time trusting God and what to do. Marquise, Marquise, Marquise. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm following. I'm tracking with you now, bro. Thank you for emailing. And uh, thank you for trusting me with your life right here. This is a big part of your life. Um, I'm wondering. I'm just First thing I'm saying is I'm just wondering. Your subject line is trust in God. And your last line says, I'm having a hard time trusting God and what to do. And I'm wondering where God is in this story and why it matters, why he matters to you at all. And and you're like, man, Granger, you answer so many emails about God. Why are you not answering my email about God? And I'm saying... Marquise, if I was sitting in a cab of a truck with you and we were talking, I would say, what does God have to do with this? What does God, what does God have to do with your life? That is 
a hypothetical question. Because I know, I know what God does in, in his sovereignty in this universe, right? But I would ask you, what, is, what does God have to do in your mind with this situation at all? Why are you bringing him into it? Right? Like, am I wrong to think, to, to kind of push that? Um, because it doesn't sound like God was in any of the stuff before the situation got to a point where you wanted to question whether or not you could trust him or not. What were you trusting him in before with? Have you ever trusted him? Because this is a much, that's, that is the question. It's not the question of what do you do with the girl? How do you be a good dad for the, for the baby girl? How do you get her to ever follow you on Snapchat again? How do you move forward in some kind of uh, relationship? That's, that's just secondary to what is your relationship with God. You brought it up. You emailed me. So now I'm going to push you on that. Marquise, what is your relationship with God? Now, I've said this before in different ways, but it, it's, it would be equivalent of you. I'm not knocking on you. I love you, brother, and I'm, you're one of my listeners on here, and you, and you email me, and it means a lot. So let me put it like this. The equivalent thing would be you come to me, and you say, hey, Granger, I'm trying to, um, trying to be a professional guitar player. And I'm just really starting to doubt my future as a professional guitar player. I'm starting to lose trust in my ability to be a professional guitar player. And I would say, okay, well, can I come to your house one day and help you? And you go, yes, please. So I go over to your house and you're sitting on the couch and you're watching TV. And I say, okay, let's talk about, you said, you said you're losing trust in the idea that you're going to be a professional guitar player um, let's play a little bit. First, let's just get a ground base level of what your playing is like. And you look at me straight dead in the eye and you look at me and you say, oh, I mean, I don't own a guitar. And I say, you, you wanted to be a professional guitar player. And when things got tough, you started losing trust that you would be a professional guitar player. And all this time, you don't own a guitar? You've never practiced? You've never watched a YouTube video on guitar making chord skills? That's kind of what I'm feeling on this whole relationship thing, Marquise. You're like laying out this whole story. You got this girl pregnant and she's like crazy. She's blocking you on stuff and then adding you and then she's having a baby girl and maybe it's yours, maybe it's some other guy's. And I'm saying... Dude, do you even own a Bible? Man, I'm saying that out of love too. I hope you hear that in my voice that I want to help you learn to play guitar. <laughs> I want to I want to help your dream of being a professional guitar player. But we got to start with a guitar. Right? You got to you got to show me something, Marquise. What are you doing? What are you doing out there getting this girl pregnant like this? It's not it's not too late. We just got to start now. We got to start now. Are you ready to start with me? Okay, email me again.
email me again and ask your question in a different way. You hear me? All right. Next question. Let's let's go here to uh subject line subject line here. Sorry, my, my I don't know if y'all can tell my voice is tired. I've been doing a lot of a lot of radio talking lately. Subject line says the photographer at my brother's wedding. Hey Granger, this is Carter. I'm 17. I'm from Michigan. I love your music, love your podcast. I love Jesus. I love making music and I love hunting. So here's my question. I was a groomsman at my brother's wedding, and the photographer was really cute. I found out she's not too much older than me, and I would love to ask her out, but I feel like it's weird to just slide into her DMs and tell her that she's cute and ask her why if we can get coffee sometime. So I'm wondering uh, about asking this girl out without being weird about it. I don't see her in person really ever, um, and so it would be emailing. I've never been in a religion. I've never been in a legit relationship because I don't want to add that extra drama. <laughs> I'm content with my singleness, and honestly, I love it. I now feel that I'm ready to start dating. I could truly say that I'm not wanting to date just to date. Sorry, this is kind of long. I just want to pick your brain and see what you think. Yee yee, Carter. All right, Carter. So you are uh, 17, Michigan. Shout out to Michigan. Love Michigan. You met a cute girl at a wedding. It was your brother's, you were the groomsman at your brother's wedding, and the photographer was really cute. She's about your age. You've never really been in a relationship because you don't want to add the drama. I get it. Um, You also just haven't found the one that makes you forget that drama would be involved, and you that's that's another reason. And you are content with your singleness, and you honestly love it. Cool. But now you meet a cute girl, and all of a sudden, you're ready to start dating. Right, Carter? You meet a cute girl at a wedding, and she's a photographer, and you're like, hey, this whole singleness thing, I've liked, I've liked it, but I think I might be ready to start dating. Like, I'm 17, looking at the clock, 17. Yeah, cute girl, wedding. Yeah, ready to start dating. That's funny. That's a, that's a big coincidence, Carter. I'm just messing with you, bro. Here's the deal. Um as entertaining as your email is, this is what happens, okay? Get a pen, get a paper. You go to your brother, and you go to your new sister-in-law, most likely, and you say, hey, um, new sister-in-law, can you do me a huge solid? Can you get me the phone number of the photographer at your wedding? I know it sounds weird, but just... I think she's cute, and if you don't mind, I'd like to have it. And she gives you the number. This is brave of you to cold call her. And so you might text. I I wouldn't hate it if you texted. And you just said, hey, um, this is a text, right? Hey, uh, you don't know me. My name is Carter. But I was at the wedding that you shot a few weeks ago. I have a question. Would you mind giving me a call? Ooh, that makes me nervous just thinking about it. That makes me nervous. But I think, I think that's the right text because you don't want to give it all. You don't want to just reveal it on the text and say, hey, I, I really thought you're cute and I was hoping that we can grab coffee. You don't want to do that because 
because then like, what if she's not around her phone? She's, you know, she's doing something else. And then you're just sitting there staring at your screen, just wondering if it's going to light up. You're going to do that anyway. But uh, that's a lot of pressure on one text. Instead, say, you don't know me. My name's Carter. I have a question for you. Um, I got your number from the bride of a wedding you shot a few weeks ago. Can you please give me a call? Okay. No pressure. That way, that way she has no idea what's coming. She possibly might think it's another job. She calls. Now, Carter, I don't know if you guys talked or if you, maybe you did. I don't know if she's going to remember or not. But as far as I know, she's going to get this and go, yeah, give this dude a call. You're going to be so nervous. You're going to be, maybe she'll text back and say, yeah, I can give you a call in an hour if that's okay or whatever. She might set up another call. I don't think she's going to just boom, hit the, hit the ringer right there, but she's going to call you or set up a call and that phone's going to light up and you're going to be so nervous, so nervous but you have to get these words out as soon as possible. Okay, listen to me, Carter. You have to get it out as soon as possible. As soon as she answers and you are so nervous, avoid too much small talk. Okay, so get right to the point. Hey, so-and-so, I met you at the wedding. I was the groomsman at that wedding. Let her acknowledge, yes, I remember. Then get the next line. Don't, don't waste your time with the weather or the sports or how's your day going, or anything. No small talk. The next line, so that you can get these nerves out, because your nerves will go down immediately when it comes out. You'll say this. You'll say, I know this might be awkward. Okay, because it is. But I really, I thought you were really cute, and even though it's really hard for me to say this because I'm nervous. Do you think we could ever have coffee sometime? And let it sit. Now, here's the thing. The beautiful thing about being vulnerable, admitting that you're nervous, and she'll know the reason that you're nervous is because you think that she's cute. That's a, that's a massive compliment to her. This boy is nervous because of me, right? Okay, that's what she's going to think. So then you put it on her plate. And the beauty of this being on her plate now is that whatever her answer is will calm your nerves regardless. Even if she says, ha, don't think so, click. You're, you won't be nervous anymore. You're going to go, well, there's the answer to that. Moving on. Back to my content and my singleness. And that's going to go away quickly. You're, you're going to be, it's going to be over and it's no big deal. Or she says, yes, would love to. Okay, the nervousness is going to, it's going to go away. And now, now it goes into, cool. Well, um, how about Friday. How about I text you a place Friday, 6 p.m.? Sound good? Good. Or she says, I'm in a relationship. I'm seeing somebody. Either way, you have information that you can now work with. Start with being vulnerable, even though it's awkward. Admit that you're nervous. Admit that this is difficult. Avoid small talk. And you will get instantly the information you need 
to take the next step. Mm, should I hit this one? This one's got a lot of exclamations on it. Subject line says, attention, I need God back. Hey, Granger, my name is Sydney. Been following you since 2013. I'm now married, 20 years old, with an eight-month-old little girl named Remington. My husband and I currently live with my mother-in-law, and we don't get along very well. She's going through a rough divorce with her manipulative husband. This divorce has caused several problems between my husband and I to the point that I've thought about divorce myself. I struggle with postpartum depression. I'm having a hard time finding God again and keeping my marriage afloat. I'm a Christian woman as well as my husband. And I love God dearly and I need and I want him back in my life. I know it's demons causing the thoughts of divorce. I've dealt with them before and I've even experienced sleep paralysis. How do I reach out to God to help me to get through this rough patch? What do I do? I read my Bible daily and nightly and I listen to your podcast, uh, highlighting things, reading over the verses over and over. I pray morning and night and before dinner. Thank you for taking the time to help all of us. Love you, brother. Have a blessed day. Yee yee. Love, Sydney. All right, Sydney. Thank you for for being so honest and opening up. And um, I appreciate you trusting me with something so sensitive. Uh, let's walk through it and see what you got here. You're married. You're 20 years old. Eight-month little girl named Remington. So that, first of all, that explains that some women have the, the severe postpartum depression, okay? You're, you're only eight, month, eight, eight months in with this little girl. So that's, I, I get it. Um, the problem arises immediately when I see that you are living with your mother-in-law that you don't get along with. She's going through a rough divorce. Manipulative husband. Divorce has caused severe problems between you and your husband. This is a problem. Um, first thing I'll say about this problem. First thing I'll say, and, and this really goes with so many other problems, as you could, you could honestly say about <clears throat> the postpartum depression and about this current living situation, you could say, this too will pass. Okay, this is a season. The depression uh, the, due to the postpartum is only a season. This living situation with your mother-in-law is only a season. It's not going to be like this forever. It will get better on both fronts. Okay, so that being said, I would, if, I, if we were talking in a dialogue, I would push you on why your husband is insisting on staying in a situation where his wife is, is knocking heads with his mother and he could see that that's causing such a severe rift in his own marriage that it's even to the point of considering divorce with his own wife because of the divorce that his mother's going through. That's rough. And if I was talking to him, I'd say, brother, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? I know you're trying to be there for your mom and you're giving her a place to stay. She's going through this, but but look what it's causing. This is causing damage. And you got an eight-month-old baby girl. Be careful with this. I would go there, but let's go back to you. Um, what to do, what to do to get closer and near to God, right? So it sounds like you're you're in this Bible routine, you're praying. Um, I love that. The one thing you didn't mention is finding a body, a church, 
a group of followers. That's what we're called to do in the Bible. The Bible says this, and so we, we find through, I'm sure you've seen it in your daily readings, but we need to gather, we need to be with the group, and we need to, we need to become members of the group. Not just casually going on Sunday and just you know back pew, say hi, leave. We need to be involved. We need to plant ourselves within the church, in the body, in the membership process, so that we could become members and we could we could learn with everyone and we could allow them to pour into us and we could use whatever resources we have to pour into them. And whoever needs anything, it's a family and it becomes. Uh, something that everyone benefits from. So once you're in, you're implanted in this body, and then they say, Sydney is going through a tough time, and they're they're taking you to dinner, and they're praying over you, and they're taking you and your husband together, and you guys are talking, and they're they're trying to help all that they can with the marriage, and it's this big group. There's you know there's a big body of people that's an army for you, fighting for you and your marriage and your sanity and your, and through and over your depression and for your baby girl and for your husband. This this body, and if you're not in a church, that's, if you are going to church and you don't have a church that's doing that, then it's, it's I would consider looking for a body of church that that does do that, that takes their congregation and their members and pours into them daily, where these elders are coming together and going, how's Sydney doing? How's Sydney doing? We're going to go by her house. She's suffering from postpartum, so we're going to go to her house and we're going to bring her a meal tonight, her and her husband, we're going to talk about this, see how she's doing. It sounds like you need that. We all need that. I need that. Sydney. My wife Amber needs that. We we need this group of believers. We can't live and be Christians in a vacuum. And just look at what paper says that we should do. We need to see others living it out. And you see others that are doing this and praying and, and reading the Bible like you say you're doing. And you could see the fruits of what's happening to them. And it encourages you. And you go, wow, look at this. And, and then you, meanwhile, are encouraging someone else you don't even know. They're like, I'm going through a rough time and I don't know what to do, but I see Sydney over here and I know, I know what she's going through and she's just diligent and reading her Bible and praying. And I love that about her and that's really encouraging to me. And that's, that's your chance then to pour in. And as you start serving and pouring into this other family, you realize your own family's mending the same time it's crazy when we serve how that happens that's my suggestion to you and i love you guys all of y'all thanks for listening and i will see you next monday Yee-yee. thanks for joining me on the granger smith podcast i appreciate all of you guys you could help me out by rating this podcast on itunes if you're on youtube subscribe to this channel hit that little like button and the notifications bell so that you never miss any time i upload a video if you have a question for me that you would like me to answer email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com Yee-yee.